0: Now, let's get to this week's episode. Welcome to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal, where our goal is to change the way you practice dentistry by helping you achieve clinical, financial, and personal balance. Now, here's your host, T-Bone. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Ask T-Bone segment on the T-Bone Speaks podcast. Today, we have been submitted a question by Kyle, and it reads... Thanks again for a great podcast and for your blunt realism. It's greatly appreciated. I purchased a CBCT and intraoral scanner back in December of 2016. We haven't got to December of 2016, so that probably means December of 2015. I end up giving away most of my CBCTs and consider a tool to be able to educate patients to help them accept treatment, though we do build scans to medical but oftentimes don't get reimbursed because the scan required a pre-auth is or, or is applied to the deductible. You'd mentioned billing a CBCT to dental insurance as a panorex. My unit takes a 10 by 10 centimeter volume, which doesn't get far enough back to capture the condyles. If I'm not able to capture far enough back in my scan to get the condyles, can I legitimately, legally, and honestly bill dental insurance for panorax? The last thing I want is to get in trouble for insurance fraud. Thanks again. Well, Kyle, I want to thank you for submitting your question. And there are a couple of things I want to answer. And I think I've answered a couple of these things in a couple of recent video podcasts on the Ask T-Bone segments here. Uh, one is congratulations on getting a cone beam and a intral scanner, CERIC, I assume. It's an unbelievable diagnostic tool. I do congratulate you on billing it to medical. Don't let the pre-auth get in the way. Don't let that be otherwise a reason that you don't get paid. Just do the pre-auth. Uh, most of the time, with most major carriers, pre-auths can be done online, and oftentimes it can be done in a matter of a few minutes by using oral cancer screening as the reason for the pre-authorization and vast majority of the time that will generate the pre-authorization. And the other thing I want to cover is if you are billing to medical and it's applied to the deductible, you are ethically obligated and quite possibly legally obligated to make an attempt to collect that deductible from your patient. So just because it's not paid and if it goes towards the deductible, that doesn't mean that it's not an obligation of your patient. So one of the things in your question was that last thing you want to do is get in trouble for committing insurance fraud. So... Technically, it is insurance fraud to not collect the deductible or the copayment. So I want to make sure that you are aware of that. Now, in terms of do you have to capture the condyle to generate a panorex? So one of the things that many people don't quite understand with the cone beam is that you can actually produce a panorex from a cone beam. Now, there are certain volume sizes that are accepted sizes for panorex, I actually called a radiologist friend of mine to ask if there is a anatomical requirement. And he said, according to him, based on his knowledge, there is no definition that says you must capture the condyles. So for example, I have a 10 by 11 machine and I've been billing as a reconstructed panorex and I point blank asked him if that was uh, kosher and he said I should be absolutely fine. I don't always capture the condyles in a 10 by 11 scan. The 8 by 8 scan that many of my friends have that certainly does push the limits of whether or not that can be considered a reconstructed panorex. But a 3D CBCT does produce what's known as a reconstructed panorex. In other words, it takes a 3D volume of the field of view, and then from that field of view, it actually produces a reconstructed panorex. In other words, from that 3D image, it produces a flat panorex image. Now, again, depending on volume size, it can produce what many of us consider to be a panorex. That being said, it can also produce a reconstructed cephalometric, a reconstructed PA, a reconstructed many different things. So a CBCT in and of itself can produce many different images for your practice. So I want you to know, for those of you that were unaware of it, that taking a 3D, depending on your volume size, and 10 by 10, 10 by 11 and larger, certainly for the most part should be comfortable for qualifying for a Panorex. Again, I am not aware, my radiologist friend was not aware of any particular rule that states that you must capture the condyles to be considered a Panorex or any very particular size requirements for a panorex. I did a Google search, and you know, obviously, if you can't find it on the Google, it doesn't, you know, then it obviously must be the truth, or it doesn't exist. So um, I don't really have a firm legal answer for you in that. I'm not a lawyer, so hopefully that helps. But uh, I did want to point out about the deductibles and so forth. So again, if you guys can give us a hand and share our video podcast and audio podcast to your friends and family members and colleagues through social media and through iTunes and Google Play, it would be greatly appreciated. And if any of you are looking to learn more through hands-on workshops on medical billing, sleep apnea, implant dentistry, CEREC, certainly do consider our workshops here in Raleigh, North Carolina through 3D Dentists. Thank you very much and have a wonderful day. Thanks so much for listening to T-Bone Speaks with Dr. Tarun Agarwal. Remember to keep striving for excellence and we'll catch you on the next episode.